Hi, welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom Podcast, where every mom can find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. You'll hear interviews with all kinds of moms who are learning how to navigate motherhood. Most of all, you'll learn that you have a partner in motherhood, a loving Heavenly Father who wants you to succeed and is always there to help you in your most important work as a mother. And now, here's your host, my mom, Dara Trendler. Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast. I'm so glad that you could be here with us today. Today I am interviewing Kay West, and Kay is a blogger and a wife and a mother, and she has a very interesting story. Kay's uh, journey to motherhood has involved a lot of different trials, including infertility, adoption, miscarriage, and also having a special needs child. So I feel like she has a really a lot to offer to a lot of mothers, and I'm really excited to have her on the show today. So welcome, Kay. Thank you for having me. I am so honored to be here with you. Thank you. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started. And Kay, will you just tell us a little bit about your family? Sure. I am married to my husband, Brad. We've been married for uh, 19 years. I always forget, but he always reminds me. (laughs) We have two (laughs) children. We have one boy and one girl, but they're now 14 and 15 years old. So we've got teenagers. Uh, We are Canadian. My husband grew up on a tiny ranch just outside of Cardston, Alberta, Canada, um, in a little town called Mountain View. And I was born and raised in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And that's a little bit about us. Great. Well, I always, I've said several times on the podcast that I'm a mom of teenagers too. And I love teenagers. They're so great. I do too. Yeah. (laughs) So moms of little kids, don't be afraid of teenagers. They're great. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Okay. So Kate. Um, tell me about what expectations you had about motherhood before you became a mother, and then how those expectations have been met, and then how they've been different than you they thought you thought they would be. Okay, I think my biggest expectation for motherhood was the same as most you know young Mormon girls have growing up. They you kind of have this plan. You're gonna you know, finish high school, you're going to meet a return missionary, you're going to get married in the temple, sealed in the temple for time and eternity, and then you're going to have a family. And that's what I wanted. That's all I ever wanted. But, and the first two things happened. I found my return missionary, um, not right out of high school. I was a bit older. Um, And we were sealed in the temple, but I wanted to have at least four children and we just, we couldn't have children. So that right there was the beginning of my expectations weren't what I thought they would be. And I guess in life they never really are, but I really wanted to be a mother. And I wanted to have at least four kids because I was raised in a family of five girls and my parents were converts in Japan and they immigrated to Canada. And so we didn't actually have a large extended family. And so it was just kind of us growing up. And I really wanted my children to have you know, be surrounded by grandparents and cousins and aunts and uncles, like all these things all my friends had growing up and I never had. And so my expectations were kind of out of my reach, I guess, (laughs) when I first got married. But then obviously not being able to have biological children, we were able to adopt our two children. And Isaac, our son, was 24 hours old when we brought him home from the hospital. And then a year later, Eden was 36 hours old. And so I'm blessed to have them and to love them. But 
I think one of another expectation you have once you become a mom is that you know everybody says, oh, you know, they have your eyes or they have your your husband's yeah. smile or you know, and my kids don't have that, <laughs> you know, and so I think there was times where I would go out and people would like complete strangers would come up to me and say, oh, you know, he must look a lot like your husband. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I was okay with it because I think, I think Heavenly Father blessed me with a good, I don't know, sense of humor because <laughs> I could, I kind of looked at those people and I would say, oh, no, 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 I was blonde-haired and blue-eyed as a baby, or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or I would, or sometimes I would pretend like I was really sad and, and be like, oh, my goodness, you don't think he looks like me? And it's amazing how quick someone will change their opinion of of what my son's features are. <laughs> oh, no, 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 he has your eyes. It's okay. That That's a fantastic way. I love, I love your approach because it's a positive way to deal with that. So, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, your your story really does have so many layers, um, mm-hmm. so many things. So let's let's start kind of back at the beginning. You talked about when you got married, you were you know were expecting to be able to get pregnant and have children. And um, tell us about the infertility. Um, you know how how long did you did you go through that? Um, when, how did you come to the decision to to adopt? You know, tell us a little bit more about that trial of infertility that you had. Sure. Um, I don't actually think anybody knows this, but about two or three months after we were first married, I thought that we were pregnant and we were really happy because, you know, I think we were ready to start. I know right away, but Mm -hmm. I was 22 at the time. And, um, of course it turns out I wasn't. And, but we knew that we were ready to start, but the doctor's and so after trying for a while, you know, we went to a doctor and the doctors don't really send you to see a specialist until it's been a couple of years or close to that, because sometimes it takes people that long to, to have their first. Um, but after a couple of years, um, our doctor did send us to a specialist. And after a few months of testing, they do very thorough testing yeah. on both me and my husband to make sure that, you know, they want to find out exactly what is wrong if there's anything wrong and I remember sitting down and and he said huh so why aren't you pregnant and I thought well that's what you're supposed to answer and he you know we were marked off as unexplained infertility that was our that was our label Mm. you know and so we had this unexplained infertility and so that began another couple of years so you know several years of just figuring out what's wrong and then treatments. So I did the whole Clomid and the histiosalpingogram and an IUI and I had monthly blood tests. And I think that was the worst part because I have really deep veins. And so to, to get blood, it takes, it usually takes them a few tries. Yeah, that's (laughs) And so to do it every single month, I was you know, bruised. I was always wearing long sleeves and it was, it hurts every time they would switch. So both arms were just, just covered in bruises for over a year, I remember. And so that part was really hard. Um, and then it becomes not just financial stress. It becomes really emotional stress as well as mental stress and spiritual right. stress. Um, 
not just, you know, physical and financial, because you really have to prepare yourself every month. Like, okay, I'm going through these treatments. Is it going to work? And you try not to get your hopes up. But of course, you really hope that it happens. And then it doesn't. And you're just left with, okay, we got to just do it again. And here we go again. And so I think we reached a point in our treatments where I was, I was done. And I knew I was done. And how how did that, you how did you know? Well, I know that I know that it was Heavenly Father that pretty much said, You're done. Like I kind of it's funny, a lot of times in in my story I uh would just reach a point and I I just felt like in my heart I just knew, okay, that's it. This part of this journey is over. Mm-hmm. And Brad was done, but if, if I wanted to keep going, he would have kept going. But I think he was grateful that I was done too. Because it's, it's wearing on men. Because they don't... Your husband wants to solve all your problems for you. Right. And this is one, you know, they just can't solve. Yeah, so, I, can, I can imagine that's hard. Especially when the doctor tells you, this is unexplained. We don't have any answers for you. Because, you know, the human nature is we want to say, okay... We know this is the problem, and here's here's some solutions we can work on. But you you didn't have that, and you bring up a good point too. It's hard for husbands as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah. So going through all that, and you finally get to a point where you know Heavenly Father is telling you this is you're done with this, and you know we're going to do something different. How how did you know that adoption was the next route to go, and how did that process work? You know, I think Heavenly Father was preparing us right from the beginning because about like pretty much our first month of marriage and like what newlywed does this, we we were actually having a discussion about children and we talked about adopting children, you know, at the end after our biological children had been born mm-hmm. and we were both on board with that idea. So I think Heavenly Father was really preparing us right from the beginning um, for this next step because I I really, truly believe that adoption is so personal. A lot of people that go through infertility, you know, people just assume, okay, if it doesn't work, you can adopt. But that's not always the choice for everyone. But for us, we knew it was the choice because as soon as Heavenly Father kind of confirmed in my heart that infertility was over, like the treatments were going to be done, um, I went visiting teaching and to this sister I had visit taught forever. She was an older sister and she just, you know, I asked how she was doing and she just started talking about her daughter who was going through this and in the process of adopting. And then, you know, and that just kind of brought to my mind again that we could adopt. And then it was almost like that whole month, there were just people that we've known for years, some of them that would just out of the blue start talking about so-and-so they knew this person was adopting or this person had just adopted. And I, I t- went to Brad and I said, you know, I think yeah, we should probably look at adoption. There were lots of signs that you were getting yeah. that, that that was yeah. the route to go. Mm-hmm. So how long was it? So at this point, when you say, okay, we're going to start adopting, how long had you been married at that point? How, give us a time oh, frame. Probably about five years. Now. Okay. So you, mm-hmm. you'd been working with infertility for a long time. A long time. Yeah. Okay. So you're five years in and then... Um, what was the process of getting your first, your son? So that was, see, and this is another, like, 
evidence of Heavenly Father's hand in our life because we started the adoption process, the paperwork, and nine months later, we had our son. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Yeah. That's really a tender mercy. That's, That's very special. Yep. So, yeah, and he was perfect. And then... Um, when he, just a month before he turned one, we were actually approached, um, somebody knew somebody who was, was going to be placing a baby for adoption and they approached us and, you know, we had just barely started thinking about maybe adding again, cause it could take, you know, could take more than nine months, right. it could take years. And so I thought, okay, yeah, we're, we're ready. And we did it. And yeah, she arrived a month after my son turned one. So, so how many months apart are they? They're 13, 13 months. months. That, <laughs> that is a lot. So yeah. you went from years of infertility to all of a sudden now you've got two kids. Two kids. Yeah. <laughs> that happened really fast. Um, it did. So, so that, you know, that's a really happy ending that you get these kids, but I know that, that, that isn't the whole story of your adoption of, of adoption for you. Um, yeah. I know that you mentioned that you had a third adoption. And you actually had a child in your home for a whole year and the adoption yeah. fell through, which yep. I can't, I can't even imagine as a mother, you know, when you take this child and you raise them, like you're going to have them forever and then for them to be gone. Um, I know that must've been difficult for you. Um, how did you work through that? Oh, that was really hard. Um, I think that's going through two adoptions Um, And having them go so smoothly, you really don't think that anything could go wrong. Um, But we, yeah, we celebrated everything. She she was our daughter. Yeah. And I, and I knew she was meant to be our daughter. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, but I honestly thought that this adoption was going to work and, um, just after her first year birthday, you know, when we started, she was in the foster care system and it was almost like our social worker, um, just wasn't on our side. It was, it was as if everything that had worked so smoothly for us with the last two adoptions, it's like all of those were working against us now and all the doors were closing and all of a sudden, Um, just after her first birthday, she, because she was in the foster care system, uh, another couple met her and they fell in love with her. And all of a sudden their social worker was, seemed to be moving mountains for them to have them adopt her. And, you know, that was hard, but I really, I think going through, you know, infertility and adoption and just having the Lord there, I think that it helped prepare me for this because, you know, I I couldn't be mad or upset that here was another couple. Oh. Who, sorry. You're fine, don't worry. Who wanted to have a family and they couldn't and they didn't have any other children so this would have been their first and so you know for me I did lose a child um but 
I, I honestly, I know in my heart that Heavenly Father sent her to us so that, I don't know if it was, so we could kind of keep her under the radar for that first year until that couple was ready for her. And at least keep her safe for that year. So, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you you may not you may not know. We don't always know what Heavenly Father, you know, why He does something. Yeah, but we can know that He loves us. And, um, but still, so so hard. I I really I really can't imagine, um, what that would have been like. I think that he really blessed us also at that time. I was, I um, didn't really have time to mourn too long. And that, that's kind of what it was. It was a mourning, you know. Yes. Um, but I didn't have time because my husband got was offered a new job. And so we moved. And so I had to, you know, take my two and three year old and get all packed up. And we had to, we had to to move. And so I didn't really have time to, to sit too long and mourn and, and think about it. And so I think that helped. I think for some people that wouldn't help them, but for me it helped. And so I knew Heavenly Father was, was helping me and blessing me that way as well. Yes, it definitely, you. you can definitely, I mean, from, from my perspective, looking into your story, I can see his hand even though it was incredibly difficult, he, he yeah. was there for you and he helped you. Yeah. There's a couple of other things with your story. I mean, your story really is so incredible. You have been through so much. Yeah. And yet, you know, I've read your blog and, and seen you, the, what you've posted and talked to you a little bit. And you really are so positive and you really do have so much faith. And these, you know, I, I don't want this to be like, okay, it's just been, you know, you've, you've, but you really have been through a lot. And um, another thing that you did experience was a miscarriage. Yep. And so here's, here's one more way that, you know, that you can relate to another mother um, who's been through a miscarriage. So what, what did you learn from that experience? Um, boy, I think that was hard because we had all these family members saying, Oh, um, you know, I knew it was going to happen as soon as you adopted or I, you know, I knew it would just take some time or, you know, everybody had, had their solution or their, you know, Oh, you know, I told you so that kind of a thing. So at what point did you get pregnant? Was it after the failed adoption? Was it It between your other two? Okay. So it was after I, I adopted both Isaac and Eden. And then just before we started um, taking care of the foster kids. Okay. Yeah. And so it was just in between. And yeah, I woke up one day and I said to Brad, I said, I'm pregnant. And he, he kind of just, you know, laughs like, no, you're not. <laughs> We've gone through this before. <laughs> right. But I really knew that I was, I was pregnant. I could, I could tell. And, um, he, (laughs) he said, okay. And, you know, we went to the doctor and yeah, for a couple months there I had, and the doctor confirmed it. And for a couple months there, I was really, um, you know, going through all the, all the pregnancy things, just 
really bad cravings, really. <laughs> My husband was so patient. I don't know how he, how he did it. So I, yeah. And then just before my ultrasound, um, yeah, probably end of my first trimester, um, I, I woke up one day, this is another thing. And I, I said to my husband, I said, um, I'm not pregnant anymore. And like, I could just feel the change. Yeah. I, I could feel it. My whole body could tell that I was no longer pregnant. And I went to my ultrasound and here are these women that were like, just so quiet, you know, in, in the room. Mm -hmm. I was, I was having this ultrasound and they were just silent. And when I get nervous, (laughs) I start to, you know, kind of lighten the mood and try and talk and, and so here I am, you know, just going on about my whole experience with infertility and adoption. <laughs> and this poor girl is just sitting there looking at the screen, you know, with her hand on my stomach. And she is just silent. And she gets up from her chair and she leaves the room. And so here I am all alone. And, you know, I really need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm just sitting there. Well, I already knew you know, mm-hmm. I'd already been prepared that this, I, I mean, I wasn't pregnant and I knew it. And so she came back in with, you know, a more experienced person and, and she took a look and she was completely silent too. And then they both left the room. <laughs> and so I was just kind of like there and not really, I don't know experiencing it, but I was, you know, and I just, I just sat there and I thought, okay, everything will be okay. You know, this will work out. This is just another thing that I need to go through. And a different girl came in and she said, you know, you can get dressed. Your doctor will contact you. And I thought, okay, you know, you guys can just tell me it's okay. You know, I wish, I wish you would just tell me, (laughs) but they didn't. And, um, I went to the doctor and he said, yeah, you know, unfortunately, uh, you, you won't carry this baby full term. And so we'll just let you, um, miscarry naturally for now. And that didn't happen. So I had to have a DNC. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it just kind of all happened like that. And I don't know, I, at first I was, I was really angry. I mean, there were lots of times in, in my life trying to become a mom where I, I was really angry and I had to come to terms with, with myself and with my relationship with Heavenly Father. I really had to know, you know, where, where did I stand? Because I thought, you know, here I am. All I want to do is be a mom. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, if you ask for a righteous desire, right? You're exactly. supposed to be able to you're supposed to be blessed. And and I went through some really angry and hurt times. And I remember my husband said to me, and this was when we were going through infertility. He said, you know, you can either turn away from Heavenly Father or you can turn towards him. And he said, But if you turn away from him, I know <laughs> I know that you will uh, come back to him. It's just going to be a lot harder for you. 
And so I, I turned to him and, you know, that made a big difference in our, in our whole process. I learned a lot and I was able to trust Heavenly Father and see his hand in our life. And, and so, you know, obviously I, I mourned a little bit for this miscarriage as well. Sure. You know, one of the things that you mentioned to me um, when we were getting ready for the interview was that you really did get to a point where you knew that you weren't being punished and that you knew you weren't broken. So if there's a mom out there listening who does feel like her process of becoming a mother is she's being punished or that she's broken, um, what advice could you give to her about how you got to the point where you knew it wasn't that and, and that you were loved and you know, how, how, how would you help someone through that? Well, I think first, uh, well, let me tell a story about my daughter. Um, okay. When they were just one and two and we had all these foster babies, sometimes we'd have, you know, two or three foster babies from zero to six months in our home as well. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> it was busy, but Eden is special needs. She you know, has brain damage and she was very, very trying some Mm -hmm. days. And my husband came home from work and he knew that I had had a bad day. And I, I said, I need a blessing. You know, I'm, this is, this day has been too much. And he gave me a blessing. And I remember the words that he said, he said that, you know, Eden's mind on this earth isn't whole you know, but her, the spirit inside of her is perfect. And I thought, well, that's, that's all of us. Yes. We all have some, something, you know, that we are not whole on this earth, but, you know, inside of us, we all are these perfect spiritual beings and we are all children of God. And I think when I turned to Heavenly Father in my trials, because it's so easy not to sometimes, it is so easy not to. (laughs) But when I turned to him, I found out that, you know what, I am a daughter of God. And that is worth so much. So, you know, and nothing about me is broken. He sent me to this earth at this time with the body that I have for a reason. And he put me on my path in life for a reason. And whatever that reason is, it's it's perfect. Because he wanted me to do something that only I could do. And so I had to go through these trials. And it's really hard. And it doesn't mean I'm broken or I'm not worthy to receive blessings. It just means that mine are going to come in a different way. Yes. And it's so important to remember that we can't compare ourselves to someone else's journey. We all have our own mission and our own, our own purpose here. Um, And so I, I think if we summed it up and said, you know, kind of what you're saying to someone who's going through something similar to what you've been through, they aren't, they aren't being punished. They aren't broken. And I think your advice would be if we summed it up to turn to heavenly father yeah. Let him let him take that burden from you and know that we all have worth. It doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. We all have worth as daughters of God. Yeah. I think it's so easy to look at somebody else's journey, whether, 
I mean, even just infertility wise, I, you know, when I was going through infertility, I didn't have all this social media. I couldn't connect with other people. And so it was really um, isolating, I think. And I think now we have this opportunity to reach out and help those around us. But I think anybody who's going through it who feels broken or alone, you know, just ask Heavenly Father because he will put someone in your path to help you through it. And and there are people all around that can help. I, I totally agree. So, Kay, this has been so wonderful. And <laughs> although, although, like I said before, you've, you've, your story is full of trial and struggle, but yet full of so much hope mm-hmm. and that you're, that you can stand here today and say, you know, Heavenly Father loves you. You know, he loves your children and that he has a purpose for everything. I, I think that's a miracle. <laughs> and I'm so, I'm so grateful that you'd be willing to share your story. I always at the end like to ask one final question. And that is, how have you seen and felt God as your partner in motherhood? Oh, I've seen that in so many ways. Um, I think, <laughs> I think you've seen it as I told you my story. Yes. Um, he's guided pretty much every step of the way, but I think the first time I saw Heavenly Father's hand was um, Eden's first month. She was going through some severe drug withdrawals. And so I really got no sleep. I honestly don't know how I made it through my first month with her. (laughs) But Heavenly Father blessed both her and I. And then really miraculously at one year old, she slept through the night and started sleeping through the night ever since. And he guided me to find and search for the right programs to get Eden into. And I did find amazing programs and I did get her into them where other people struggled to get their own children in. Um, And we didn't have family close by us. So, you know, I never had a grandma or grandpa to watch the kids or, you know, cousins. And as we, we learned very quickly to rely on each other. And I think Heavenly Father has helped with that. We've we've grown very close as a family. And we all needed to be part of that growing close together. So, And I know that Heavenly Father sends us the children that we have for a reason. And he sends specific children to specific people. And so, yeah, I felt that and I've seen that in my life. That's so true. Yes, we, we are... I mean, we're it. We're the we're the ones for our children, and yeah. and we have something to give them. He knows that, and and he'll help us do it. Yeah. Okay. I I really can't thank you enough for coming on and oh. and sharing your story. I know that it will be a big help to someone else, and it will it inspires all of us. In the show notes, I will include um, how people can follow you if they want to come to your blog or follow along on your Instagram story. It's so inspiring and they can learn more about your story and hear all the things that you're doing now to keep your faith and, and to keep moving forward. Um, but again, thank you so much. I know you have a million things to do and I'm grateful you took the time to listen to today's podcast. I hope the episode helped you to know God is your partner in motherhood. For show notes, head over to spirituallymindedmom.com. For more motherhood inspiration, follow along on Instagram at spirituallymindedmom. And if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend. I would love it if you would leave a review and rate it on iTunes. This helps more moms to find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. Have an amazing day. And remember, you are doing God's work and you are doing it wonderfully well.